Warning, some listeners may find the following audio distressing. Listener discretion is advised, not suitable for children. For full disclaimers, please visit www.tracydimmick.com.au. Well, 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 it is Wednesday yet again, and we have another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic coming right up after I do a quick recap with Spirit Speaks, a weekly discussion between myself and Spirit about current and trending topics, not only here, but everywhere. So this week I felt the call to have a bit of a chat to Spirit and see what they had to offer me when it came to what I can do with all of the knowledge that I have that is newfound knowledge or even just uh, revitalized knowledge or, or information and knowledge that I have always had but it's just sat there. So this information is specific and this knowledge is specific to COVID, it's specific to Black Lives Matter movement and also the alarming, disgusting, sad, awful information statistics that we are now seeing when it comes to domestic violence, not only in Australia, but worldwide. So I sat down and I meditated and I had a chat with Spirit and Spirit turned around and just said, Tracy, you know the answer. Knowledge means fuck all unless you do something with it. And I'm pretty sure that if we could all see spirit when I do one of my sit down and have a chat with spirit kind of sessions, that if spirit was a person, they're standing there rolling their eyes at me and thinking, really, Tracy, do we have to spell it out for you? Uh, So I knew that I needed to open my eyes and say thank you to spirit for reminding me that I already have what I need. And it's just a matter of not feeling emotional or uh, stressed or in my ego about all of this information that is just sitting inside of me now. So I immediately decided that I needed to think about the the areas inside of COVID, the areas inside of the Black Lives Matter movement, the areas inside of domestic violence that really uh, were really calling to me in terms of what I felt most aligned to in in my heart, in, in how I wanted to help if I could. And knowing the knowledge that I have between healthcare workers and teachers uh, and, and the dilemmas and the issues that they faced during the really bad part of COVID, just in our country in general, uh, I really felt quite um, quite pulled and drawn to wanting to, to speak to them and hear their stories and help them any way I could. So my knowledge around those areas I'm going to now do something with. So I've got my thinking cap on and I'm going to try and set up some kind of emotional mental uh, support system for health workers and teachers doing what I do, whether it's an online group or whether it is a meetup for local people in my area. I'm not sure yet, but the knowledge that I have, I need to do something with it. It is no good to anyone if I'm just sitting here, sitting on it, thinking about it, holding it in me. Secondly is the Black Lives Matter movement. Within that, 
you know, Spirit and I were having lots of conversations uh, and the thing that stood out the most for me was uh, the children that we would see, uh, black, white and anywhere in between, uh, having be the poster children or the poster boys and girls for a lot of the messages that people were trying to get out. And I have such an affinity when it comes to children and trauma. Uh, and I really feel the pull to to focus on the aspects of the children in this. Uh, and, you know, I believe the children are our future. So I want to teach them well and I want to I want to have them lead the way. And the knowledge that I have when it comes to shaping children and influencing them and supporting them and guiding them and nurturing them. I, I need to figure out a way to be able to do something with that. So my focus is going to go to the children. And then lastly, but absolutely not least for me is the domestic violence, not only here, but all over the world. Uh, I was listening to a statistic yesterday and I heard that over in the place where COVID-19 originated, that deaths by domestic violence had gone up by 50%. And that is just like, I'm speechless. I can't even imagine. And, you know, in our own backyard in Australia, uh, I probably would assume that the, the rates and the statistics are doubling, tripling, God knows what they're doing. I don't know. However, in that particular area, I'm still a little bit, a little bit, um, I don't know, indecisive when it comes to whether um, whether there is a space that uh, I'm really drawn to because at the moment I'm drawn to the whole thing. I'm sort of a little bit in shock and it's a little bit close to home in terms of the children, the the wives, the mothers, the, the husbands, the partners, the grandparents, whoever's, you know, suffering at the hands uh, of domestic violence. Uh, it all appeals to me, if I'm being honest, and I'm not quite sure yet where I'm going to get to that, but I figure that mentioning that in this episode of Spirit Speaks is already doing something. So I want to encourage you that after my chat with Spirit, Whatever knowledge that you have that has come out over the last six months, especially with COVID, with Black Lives Matter, with domestic violence and with anything else that has been at the forefront of your life and your mind and your community, I want you to start doing something with it. I want you to be called to action, to hear what spirit has to say, which is knowledge is doing fuck all unless you do something with it. So there we have it. I hope that that little spirit speaks helps. And now we're going to get to what you've all been waiting for, which is the next installment of Turns Out She's Psychic with Laura and myself for episode seven. episode Tracy we covered a fair bit on um, your spirit alignment mentoring and your passion and purpose behind that but also when you go into your website there's the medium side of things and if people want to see you for the medium side of things um, the information is there as to what that entails but I wanted to ask you why you do it what's your passion and purpose behind doing what you do in the mediumship side of things sure it's a good question um I think in the last episode I briefly mentioned how you can heal or you can um, solve soul contracts and fulfill soul contracts from a spiritual perspective still 
well, one person is here and one person is there. Yes, when I died. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't use anyone else. No, that's um, cool. I find you. Yeah. Sorry, go uh, on. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the reasons because I feel that uh, to be able to facilitate the opportunity and the potential that is still there for healing, most importantly, and for awareness and awakening is is paramount for me. And it, and when we die, we just move to a different form, but we still can access our spirit. And the fact that we are not here in human form does not mean that the opportunity and the potential for everything that is there for each other is done. It's never done. It's always there. So for me, it makes sense that I can still do work regardless of whether you're here or there. You don't ever get to clock off, do you? No, it doesn't matter. Um, that's one of the reasons. One of the other reasons is to help people with their grief, uh, with loss, because I find that when people can have a sense of peace and understanding as to where their loved one has gone in death, it helps them reconcile parts of themselves that struggle. So if, for example, your mum passes away and she was suffering before her death and maybe she had dementia and she was afraid, it's it goes a long way to be able to provide that sense of certainty for people. Some people it's certainty and some people it's still not, but a sense of certainty that says that she's okay now and that she's not in pain and that she's not afraid. A lot of the time people wonder whether their loved one heard them when they were talking to them before they died and when they actually hear spirit repeat what they said or tell them things about the detail about that situation that no one could have known, it really helps them find peace and it brings back some of their ability to be able to hold the memory of those loved ones in a more high vibrational way as opposed to a low vibration and the grief moves then it moves from being sad to an acceptance of sorts and grief needs to move and grief never leaves once you have experienced grief it stays with you forever it's just if your low vibe, if your vibration drops or you experience compounding grief, you get you get deeper into it and it can be harder for some and then it can manifest physically in people and all kinds of things. But helping people deal with grief is one of the greatest things. So um, helping people move through their grief is one of the things, but I don't like reading for people and usually I won't read for people when it's uh, a new grief like um, if it hasn't been long since the person passed away I personally as a medium feel that it can cause more or cause temporary pain because they're not ready to hear for the for the human yep because they're not ready to hear yet the way that it is because they're still asking why 
they're still angry, they're still in denial. And for some people, it provides relief from that. But for the ones that are angry and in denial, it can actually cause more pain and suffering for a little while until they're ready. So when you talk about the short amount of time that yeah. you won't read, can you just elaborate on what that So looks 12 like? weeks, three months, it's like go and grieve. Yeah. Go and be with your family. I know that the like you might think that if you get answers to questions that it'll make it better for you, but I, it, and I can only speak for myself, I'm only going to give you the real answer, the honest answer, the truth. I'm not going to soften it for you in your grief. I'll deliver it softly, always with compassion and kindness, but I'm not going to deny you of what's coming through. So I guess it's just careful what you wish for in that sense. And I can't just be responsible for everyone at that point. You have to take some responsibility for yourself. And uh, most of the time people will send me an email saying how soon is too soon. Sure, that's a reasonable question to ask. It is. Yeah. And usually I will write back and say it just really depends on how you're tracking with your grief, how close this person was to you, What's why, the purpose? Yeah. why, why mm. you want to do this. Uh, sometimes it's for people because maybe someone was murdered and they want to they want to understand it now and, and they don't want to miss anything and so they haven't even started their grieving process yet. It's almost like they're holding off on their grief because they need to answer some questions first. So in that case, I take into consideration a lot of things. And before I actually meet with some of those people, there will be a back and forth questions first so I can intuitively understand how I can help these people. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah because it can open up a can of worms. It's like Pandora's box. And it's a responsibility that I don't take lightly. Sometimes, though, people want to connect to people who have crossed over to ask them questions about things that are just morally not cool from my perspective. And from your personal perspective, or personal and how you work, how I work ethically, yeah, but also from a spiritual perspective, they, 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 there is this kind of resistance from spirit to give me the information that's being asked. So so if, it's their call really, isn't it, sometimes? Pretty much. Yeah. And you've got much. to deliver that. I do. Unfortunately, I sometimes. do. Okay. And sometimes it's easier to just put it on spirit and just say, look, they're not giving me anything and I don't know why or they're not giving me what they're not giving me because you don't need to know it or you can't know it yet. There's got to be some kind of barrier. And sometimes I'm not privy to why. But if it is a morally and ethically and integrity type situation for me, I will say that to people. I'm pretty good with my boundaries and being able to speak my truth and my my um, my expectation of what I do and to be forthright with that because – there are mediums out there who won't have the same as me and you can go get that information and that's fine if you want to do that. I can't judge you and what you want but I'm just not the person you're going to get it from and I'm okay with saying that. Does that um, find you in some sticky situations sometimes? That, mm, I, I can't no, imagine most, that would be easy. 
it's not easy to say. It doesn't happen that often, but most people are pretty understanding of it just simply being, okay, I respect your boundary. Sure. Just normal people. It's just, I don't know, it's just asking someone to cross their own boundary and for what for? That's not okay. It's not okay. okay. And, you know, it's strangers sometimes and strangers, you know, you wouldn't, it's just not polite. It's not, it's not cool. Um, And then, you know, like for why I don't read for friends and family and things like that, you know, you don't want me to read for you. You don't want me to do Mm. that. Mm. Like, it's just, why would you want that? And it's a, it's almost like an abuse of, of me, abuse of the friendship. Yeah. If you were to ask me to do that for reasons that aren't your grief, like if your mum passed away or your dad or your, anyone in your family passed away, I would so bring them through if I knew it would help and if it would, you would find comfort in that um, and if they wanted to come through. Well, yeah, it's up to them too, isn't it? Exactly. So if I'm with you <laughs> and I hear them come through, then it's not up to me to say, no, she, she's not ready for that. Yeah. I'm going to say, hey, this is a message that I've received. Yeah. But if you're asking me to connect to them and it's for reasons that um, that are ego-driven, let's call it, so when it comes to uh, the people that I say no to, it's very rare and it's usually people that um, I have some kind of emotional or personal investment in. And once people get too close to me, like you. That's my tummy again, sorry. <laughs> she has an alien in her tummy. Uh, once people get too close to me or for like my own family and things like that, it's there's just too much of a conflict of interest because I have a personal opinion about what is best for you as me. As your friend, I have a personal opinion about keeping you happy, about keeping you safe and loving you and caring for you. But when I have to be a work, it's like as a doctor, you're not allowed to operate or treat your own family. It's like as a JP, you're not allowed to sign declarations it's conflict of interest. It is a conflict of interest yep. and it is exactly the same. Plain and simple. It is. And yeah. yep. you know what? I'm not the only medium in the world. I'm not the only psychic in the world. Why do you need it to be me? I don't. I'm cool with that. I know. I respect that. I know. It's all good. Yeah, which is why it's kind of a... Just a boundary. Yeah. Yep. And you've got to respect that just like I respect everybody else's. That's fair cool. I've been called a hypocrite before. Okay. And it hurt a lot because where is the respect? I found it so disrespectful in comp- in asking me to compromise my boundaries. Yeah. And it was like a, a disrespect of me and an abuse of the relationship to, to say that and a disrespect of my craft or my my abilities that I take so seriously. 
people are funny though. Maybe it wasn't well emotion taken into account. Well, time. emotion will usually be what causes people to say things like that sure. and to just react emotionally. And I understand that, which is why I don't respond to it. But I find it so bizarre how just because what I do is not tangible that it all of a sudden is taken differently. Thank goodness it's not tangible. It would take the magic away. I mean it yeah. makes it trickier for you. But, but like it's like a pill. Mm. So if I was, if I, as your friend, if I had the ability to have a prescription pad and you just said to me, oh, my God, like I'm really suffering with this pain. Yeah, Can you just write this. me a script for codeine? Yeah. Where's the boundary there? Yeah. It's just disrespectful and it's exactly the same with what I do because what I do is to heal. Not mask. Yeah. And uh, that's a really good point. And so I take it seriously and I just ask for people that come into my space to take it seriously too. And it's rare that people don't. Very rare. Sure. Thank you. I have a question from my husband. Ooh. Are you ready? Tracy, have yes, you met ma'am. someone in life and then been able to connect with them after they have passed away? And what was this like? Yes. So my own maternal grandmother, my nan, mum's mum, I knew her in life and then I was able to connect to her in spirit a couple of ways. So one, she came to me, and this is going to sound seriously not jobby, but... Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're here for, Tracy. That's what you want, just the juice. Listen up, guys. <laughs> yeah, so she lived in Berkeley Vale before she died and she died in her home at Berkeley Vale. But... When I took my mum up there to um, collect some things that my pop wanted her to have and to go through some things, I left her at the house and I went for a walk across to the water and I was just sitting like on the water's edge, just like a lake, just sitting on the water's edge and it was sort of like an overcast day, a fairly, you know, non-exciting average day. And I had my head sort of in my hands, sitting with legs crossed on the ground, head in hands. And I was just, I wasn't sad or anything. I was just, I don't know what I was doing. Resting. Yeah, just sitting there. And I was 19, so still still a baby. Young. And I just heard this splash, like a, but a weird kind of splash, like not like a fish jumping splash, but like a, um, just a splash. A weird splash. A, a weird How splash that made me just think, what made that noise? And I looked up and right in front of me was a single swan, a black swan, just right in front of me staring at me. Well, like, it's not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. <laughs> and I immediately knew that it was my nan. Like oh. I just, it was just this instant knowing, just like I know that it's everybody else's nans or whatever. I just knew. And I shit you not, at the same time, this uh, the clouds cleared in this one spot, but right where the sun was. And the sun came down and lit the swan and I up, like just the space where we were, it lit it up. And it felt really warm. And then it just stopped. The clouds just went back over the sun again. And the swan just turned and went away as if like a magical moment did not just happen to anyone else <laughs> but me. And... 
I remember then going to that psychic that I spoke about in another episode that was Hazel, the the really old real deal one. That was your first one? Yes. And I went and sat in that room with her and Nan had been gone for maybe a month. Not long. Yeah. And she, the Hazel said in, which I found the tape. Oh. Hazel says in that um, interview or in that session, who's Mary? I said, Mary is my grandma, but my dad's mum, still alive at that time. Oh, okay. And I said, it's my grandma, my dad's mum. And she said, well, and she didn't know that my nan had passed. She knew nothing. She was cold, a cold reader. She said, well, your nan is saying to you that Mary will, Mary's, will look after you now. Like Mary is who you need to go to. But I wasn't close with my nan anyway. Like I barely knew the woman, to be honest. But she made an acknowledgement of the other grandmother being the one that needed to look after me. And I know as a reader that when they, when spirit uses uh, certain, um, so she actually said, not your nan, she said, this woman here is saying, Mary will now look after you. And so I knew by her saying that, that, that it was my nan that she was talking to because she referenced another grandmother and for me, that makes sense in the way that I read. But after that, I left and I was driving in the car and I felt that same energy that I felt when the swan landed. And my nan was talking about um, well, my, what, what I knew as a claircognizant, so I just knew um, that I needed to find this box that had, that, that had keys to it. And so I told my mum about the reading and what the lady had said. And my mum said, that's funny because do you remember the day that you took me up to Nan's place to get the stuff? The reason why we had to go up was because I had the key to the box. And I was like, that is so cool. And so what I found was that from how I knew my Nan in life, it was very similar to the way that she was with me in spirit because there wasn't much of an emotional connection. It was just a very much of a matter of a fact kind of dry for me. And that's exactly how she was for me in human experience as well. But then with my grandmother, my dad's mum, we were really close and she was not affectionate at all, but at the same time, very loving energy like you just loved sitting next to her and talking to her it was like her energy was was affectionate but her physical affection wasn't in spirit when she comes through she doesn't come through to me but what she'll do is when I'm reading for other people she'll come through as a support for me and it's like the feeling of an emotional hold like an emotional hug and she holds my elbow that's nice. And I smell the stale cigarette mix, mixed with Giorgio perfume and I know it's her, but it's exactly the same. So the way that I felt comfort from my grandma in human is the same way I feel comfort for her in spirit and that's how I recognise it because it's an energy. The same way with my nan that I felt that we connected is the same way that I recognise her in spirit as well. So it's like... An energy exchange doesn't change. The way that you read the energy in human to spirit does not change. It's still there. And then do you remember that client that I had whose cat passed away? The beloved cat. The beloved cat. Yes. And then not long after that, the client passed away as well. Indeed. 
and then she came back and she Cute. she was um she came back with her cat oh and so it's funny how from a client perspective how they brought through what they would know that I would know them by yeah um, why did they come through because they know that they can okay just, just like drop in and say hi. Or, yeah, okay. an acknowledgement that they've crossed over and yep. and just it's kind of a feeling that you get as a um, clairsentient. It's a it's a feeling that you get that feels calm. It yep. feels peaceful. It feels friendly, and it feels um, it feels just like having a friend come to visit. The familiarity. Yeah, and and I guess and and she's never come back. I feel like it's just an acknowledgement. I'm just saying. Just an acknowledgement. Yep. Made it. Yeah. And they know my light's on. Yeah. And so if anyone needs to know, yep. you know I'm here and I can speak to you. I just so have cool. no reason to speak to her. Yeah. Purpose, isn't mm. it? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, they're the, the ones that come to mind for, for that answer, Matt. Um, question. Yeah, there's probably more. But that is a very good question because um, I don't think about it too often. Yep. It's a bit more normal for you. Mm. And I guess I'm um, still a little bit too young to have that full circle experience of knowing people in life and then in death. Yeah, you'll get more crossover. Yeah, as I get older. Sure. Uh, mm. Nice. Yeah. But mediumship's amazing. I love mediumship. I love it because uh, helps people understand more about uh, where we go when we die and how we just change form. Yeah, I think when people are able to link it back to themselves more because they know people that have passed over and then you're able to provide clarity on that. Mm. Yeah, resonates with them a bit more. Yeah. When they're familiar with who that's coming from. Yeah. And the other day I had um, a mum with her three children and they'd lost their dad. And for children, it's not often that I will have children come. I mean, two of them were almost adults, like they were in their late teens. And it's not often that a parent will bring their children. But... If they're mature enough, which if you've lost a parent, you mature pretty quickly, it can also be very effective for them to make sure that they deal with their grief in a healthy, appropriate way instead of finding their default ego survival mode and and sitting in that, which is where they become fighters and flighters and freezers and it can derail their life. So mediumship for children who have lost parents, I feel I feel such a um, a strong desire to promote that. Um, in terms of, I would never go out there and say, "Hey, this is what you need to do." But I really love it when a parent does that for a child. You can see the value in that because you're yeah. a mom as well, I suppose. Too. Yeah, and. To, for those children to know that their parent is still watching over them, still loves them, um, will always be there. 
is just it's so beautiful to to for me to witness their energy receive that is if you could see what I could see it's like seeing rainbows and bright lights it's just so beautiful you know it's great I was reminded of something the other day or not reminded but more like inspired about something you know how you told me that you're watching twilight <laughs> thanks for telling everyone Tracy <laughs> I know well but you know what's worse I then went and watched it but yeah. I only got through episode like the first one yeah I binged it <laughs> yeah I don't have time to binge but I did that one and um you know when he when Edward takes um Bella Bella up to the mountain and oh. steps into the sun yes and he glistens mm-hmm. and she's like you're beautiful yeah that glistening is so much like what it's like when people humans receive messages from loved ones that actually make a difference that's what you can see in them yeah when it resonates when it drops yeah oh wow. when it's true when it's real yep that's that's what it's like oh. in an energy perspective cool so it's not them that 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 happened. Like they don't look like Edward, but I see like a veil mm-hmm. that looks like that when they get something. When they receive on an energetic level, sure, and it's so beautiful. It's just it's so like it's just it's just beautiful. Mm. I always have a cry after those ones with the kids, especially. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's fair enough. That's honouring this transmission, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Really beautiful. It made me think of a question though. Yeah, cool. Um, When we talk about auras, you've Mm. mentioned it recently in one of our chats. Yours is black. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) She's lying, folks. Um, But for people that are wondering what an aura is, where to even begin with that, can you go into that a bit more? Mm, yeah. Is it energy? Is it a light? Is it a colour? Where does it come from? All of the above. Go on, Tracy. Big topic. So I'll do it very briefly. Okay. Because it's not my forte. Sure. Um, and so it is a you... huge topic. Okay. Well, so what you understand it to be. Yeah. So your aura is essentially an, um, the other bodies that you have. So your ethereal bodies mm-hmm. and it's energy in black. Yeah. Cause you're cold. <laughs> um, it's energy in motion and frequency and colors. So when you look at a rainbow, the colors that you see are light refractions, mm-hmm. but light vibrates at a frequency too so when the frequency of white light changes a color appears so the frequency of the color red is different to the frequency of the color that is yellow or brown or blue yeah so they're all different frequencies yes so your aura which sort of extends a really good kind of like six foot out. Like it is huge around people. Everyone's. Everyone's. Right. Some are more easy to see 
because they're more active. So stronger auras. Str- well, more vibrant. Okay. Um, energetic. More energetic. More charged. Yes. Um, I think that's what I meant by stronger. Yeah. Um, and some aren't, but they're there. Regardless, it's still there. It's just whether it's visible mm-hmm. to people like me. But the colours move within those because the energy is always moving. So I could take a photo of you right now with a camera that would capture your aura and take another photo in a few minutes and whilst most of it will be very much the same, the shapes of the colours will be different because it is always moving. So it's like swirly. Uh, more like it's not really swirly. It's more... Um, Um, it's so weird because what I can see in my mind is like pink camo. (laughs) Are you saying I've got a pink camo aura? No. Thank God. In terms of how I can describe what it looks like. Oh, so like mottly. Yes. Rather than swirly. So not like marbly, but. Not marbly at all. Patchy. Yes. Ah. But not clear defined shapes. Patchy. So it's not like a patchwork quilt, but it kind of is. And most, pardon? Okay. And some people will have colours that are more dominant that are there. So a lot of the time healers will have a lot of green Mm. in their aura. The creatives will have a lot of orange and purple in their aura. The intuitives and the visionaries will have a lot of purple and blue and green. So there are sort of like the primary colours that take up your aura that let me know and other people that can see auras more about you based on the colours that are around you because Mm -hmm. of the frequency. Great. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then there are the the colours that are more interchangeable. So they're the parts of you that are at the whim of your free will. So it's like are you having – are you depressed at the moment? We'll be able to see the colours that even though you – you still maintain your green and sort of you've got a very green, blue and orange kind of thing going on. And Are you talking about me? Yeah. Okay. So not the black or the Yeah, no, camo. you're not black. Right. I was just being a bitch. <laughs> it's um, not like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go on. Yes, talk so, to me about me. I love it. So you've got that going on yeah. and, and that never changes. Mm. Sometimes when you're at work, for example, the the parts of you that are more performing at that stage are going to be brighter and louder, but you have these primary parts of you that don't change. They move, Mm -hmm. but the colours don't change in their their capacity. Why do they move? Because they come to the forefront. So when we are, when you're working, you're the healer. Yep. So your frequency will shift more into the green frequency. Okay. So the green will become far more vivid. Right. But if you're um, being miscreative mm-hmm. and just loving to cook and, you know, just create, then the orange parts of you are going to be a bit more vivid at the forefront. And the green will still be there except the orange will be brighter and more active in your aura. It'll be moving. I'm just picturing a mood ring. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like a mood ring, but spread you know how out. It changes depending on what mood you're in. <laughs> yeah, just spread out. Well, yeah, 
it kind of works on on heat though and yeah. it's not frequency in that sense but yes it's a lot like a moving technically ring. yes, yes. <laughs> um and so then the rest of your aura is made up of things that come in and out. So if you're depressed, uh-huh. then you'll have certain colors that say, yeah, you're still a healer and still quite creative and free, free spirited. Mm. However, I can see that you've got these colors that are, mm. that are secondary that let me know that you're depressed. Something's up. Yeah, mm. or if there's really bright pinks and yellows and things, then I know that you're really inspired and happy and joyful and something really great's going on in your life. So auras, for me, I don't use them most of the time. Why? Because uh, I don't need to. They're not oh. something that I feel is um, helpful for me quickly. You don't need them. They're just pretty and they're there. Yep. And, and occasionally, on the very rare occasion, someone will say to me, so can you read my aura? What does it say? What's it telling you? Um, very rarely do I get that. Except for just now. <laughs> you see that rainbow? Yeah. Um, yeah. For the listeners, it's a rainbow on, my on tissue. scrunched up tissue. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty. Oh, that's not rag. A <laughs> rainbow's not rag. It's not rag. <laughs> um, it's the frequencies. My snot's a rainbow. <laughs> and your farts. Oh, Sorry. I'm a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's what an aura is. Well, Everyone that's basically in a nutshell. Yeah, and that course. is a very brief summary because mm. aura, it's a very deep, specific modality mm. and thing. Like it is legit. It's a thing. You were talking about a camera that could take photos of it. Mm -hmm. How? What? Yeah. So I can't think of what it's called right now, but it's basically a camera that drops out certain light. Like it it doesn't um, receive certain light. So it shows the rainbow. Like it shows the... uh, Light limiting filter or something. Yeah. Because straight away... I just thought, cubic, but obviously not. No, people do it. Like you can go to people like you go to me Mm. and have your aura photograph taken and read by people who are professional aura readers. So it can give you information about where you're currently at and what you're currently at a frequency with. Yes. So you kind of have like your base. It's like a snapshot of where you are at any given moment if you were to have a photo taken, say. Yes. So... What do you do with that? What's the... um... Well, that's where I kind of, for me... Okay. That's why I don't use it that often because it doesn't really do for me what what I need it to do in my specialty. Yeah. Yeah. It tells me more about the person as who they are, but I know who they are already. Yeah. Some people don't have the ability to do what I do, so aura photography is how they do it. Sure. I get it. Thank you for clearing that up. That's cool. Tracy's showing me some photos of auras (laughs) on her phone. In photos. So... Yeah, so they describe it as 
capture the camera can capture people's auras, otherwise known as the electromagnetic field surrounding the body, which is your ethereal bodies. Um, and so pol- they use Polaroid film and it's a double exposure that takes the portrait and then the aura. Um, so I thought they actually... Um, I thought it actually had a name, but they don't really refer to the name here. Can you personally see your own if you stood in a mirror or just looked all around you? Uh, I can see mine if I look at my hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see I can see my own if I look at myself. Okay. Cool. Not in the mirror. Okay. I don't think I don't think I've ever tried it, but I don't think I could do that. So you don't walk around seeing everyone's aura all the if time. If I want do to, you? I can. You but switch you, it on and off. Yeah. Oh, I, I very rarely do it. If I'm in a space where I'm bored as fuck, <laughs> I might. Yep. Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> just to entertain how the psychic entertains herself. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other episode right there. You just, just opened one. up a can of worms. <laughs> that's Send probably... your questions in. <laughs> Gmail, Instagram. <laughs> um, now I forget what the question was. Oh, yeah. If you're so, bored somewhere. Yeah, so I can if I want to, but it I have to kind of go really like this is what I have to do. To, so to see your aura, you tell me what you're seeing happen to my eyes and my face to see your aura. Okay, yeah. But I feel like I do that a lot of the time anyway. Yes. Because uh, I'm looking at things that you can't see that are there. Mm. So I'm focusing. You just can't you see look, what I'm yeah. focusing on. Yeah, you like check out almost, like you space out your eyes. and Yeah, but I'm still very much here. Like I can still do it. It's just that I'm looking at things that aren't in your plane to see. Yeah. I so wish they were. Mm. Sucked in. What What are you seeing? You can't just do that. You're very and then yellow at the it. moment. What's yellow? Um, so yellow, optimistic, enthusiastic, open-minded. Loves variety and freedom, generous, playful and whimsical. Yay. That's you. That's pretty good. And that's exactly what you're doing right now. Right now. Yeah. Um, I could have told you that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you're very yellow at the moment. Normally I'm what? Green, Uh, Normally you're green, orange and blue. So green green is growth, goal-orientated, determined, focused, ambitious, competitive and perfectionist. But that's, no, only the first part of you is, but it's also the colour of the healer. Ah, yeah, that's what So when you look at it from that perspective. um, And then blue is depth of feeling, trust, devotion, loyalty, nurturing, personal relationships, supportive, sensitive. Mm -hmm. And orange is... Creative, confident, independent, collaborative, good people skills, loves challenges, can be emotionally aloof. <laughs> um, you just put that one in there. Sure. That sounds <laughs> like something I would say. Um, but, yeah, so for me you're a combination of those three mostly, but I feel like the green part that they're talking about in terms of the growth and the goal-orientated, determined focus, that you apply that pretty much to the blue and the orange parts of you. Okay, sure. Like it's in your nature, mm. just not in a competitive, outwardly mm. loud ego representation. In all the things that matter. In all the things also. that matter, you do that mm. for me, but I know you to mm. be able to know that, I guess. 
But that's where it comes down to being able to use extra abilities rather than just the colours. Because mm. you might see someone say, yeah, you've got a lot of that in you and then they read it out and you go, well, that's not me. But Absolutely, yeah. that's. But if you've got a way to make it into the context for people to understand it, because it's not always black and white. All right, just to round out today's episode, we've got another email from another lovely person and I'm going to read it out to you. Are you ready, Tracy? Sure. You asked for curious questions, so here goes. When I was about five years old, I would wake up during the night in my bed and feel like someone was sitting on the end of my bed. I was too scared to open my eyes or call out. This happened several times. Whether it was just tight covers at the end of the bed or something else, I'll probably never know. I thought up until now. Wonder if I'm the only one who had this type of thing. Hmm. Definitely not the only person to have that type of thing because it's a very common occurrence. Uh, and I'll tell you why it's common first, mm. Kath. Thank you. It's because when we're sleeping, we have much less resistance and our subconscious and our higher self is there. So it is much easier. Our vibration is higher. So it's much easier for those in spirit to reach us in that state. So just upon waking, it can be very common to still have that overlap of that high vibe before you drop down to your low vibe awareness of I'm consciously awake and what the fuck did I just see at the end of my bed? <laughs> Maybe not when you're five, but <laughs> so it is a very common occurrence because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm unable with this one to be able to give you an idea of who it was um, because I feel that for some reason that there would have been many uh, spirits that would have done this with Kath. She just doesn't remember them. Um, Well, she says she's five there too. Yeah. And so I don't know which one she would be referring to because it that like what i'm seeing is and this is going to freak her out probably and i'm sorry but don't be freaked out <laughs> but what i'm seeing is a lot of times a lot of occurrences when there were spirits in your room when you were sleeping just watching in a friendly kind in of in a friendly way supportive loving way it happens all the time just sounds so creepy it does but if it's in a friendly way yeah it's usually in a loving friendly way because they're watching over us you hear that Mm -hmm. often don't you yep and that doesn't sound creepy when you put it like that no and it's just because we're in a higher vibrational space Mm. that they're able to do that good thing it's a good thing but yes it's very common and so i hear that a lot sure and like you were saying, when you're just waking, it's, it's a common time for them to be able to do it. But also the age thing, is that common as well for yeah, children? Yeah, good point. Very good point. So children usually have much less of a resistance because they don't have that that um, that risk. They're sort of a little bit risk adverse. Uh, sorry, they're not very risk adverse at that point. So they don't sort of see it as a risky thing to um, to limit their imagination as to what's possible yeah children are open to everything because they're experiencing so much that's new they don't know that this is a different new that's just another thing isn't it exactly and then yep. it's not until they learn that 
it's a ghost and ghosts are scary that they become risk adverse to the possibility of having to do anything or have anything to do with one and they develop that conscious belief that it is a scary thing and then their vibration shuts down and their boundary shuts down and they shut down and then the occurrences will usually not be as common or as frequent Mm, drops off Mm. children usually are open until they hit puberty right and i guess depending on your home environment and your influences as to how how you embrace that openness and that connection as to how it then is carried through your teenage years Uh, and then when you're an adult when you get to around 19 to 21 we open back up again and if we choose we can all be just exactly like we were before we were when we were little and you could all be like me in a way yeah would we go that far (laughs) Yeah, we well, go so far as that's to say everyone's that? potential. Everyone's got it. Everyone's got it. Some are just more evolved and then some to choose to evolve it even further. That's all it is. Mm. If you say so. I do mm. say so. Thanks, Tracy. And thanks, Kath, for writing in your email. That was excellent. Yeah, bring them through. I love getting them. I love it when the little alert comes up to say that we've got an email from a listener i'm loving it and also i just want to say thank you to the people who have reached out to me on my instagram not through the turns out she's psychic page but through to my business page and have commented on the podcast as well just letting us know that they're loving it and that they love our banter and that they're like laura knows you so well so she's asking you all the questions that we would love to ask you but we can't because we're not your friend (laughs) and that's exactly what laura's intention was behind the podcast Yeah, and I'm glad to know I'm not the only one that has these random questions. So thanks, guys. (laughs) I'm not completely weird. (laughs) But Tracy is. Just saying. (laughs) Well, I think you're all weird. (laughs) I'm the the fine one. Okay, if you say so. Let's do a poll. (laughs) Joking. (laughs) Well, you can do a poll on Instagram. Yeah, or not. Or maybe. I guess you'll wait and see. Tune in next time. Ciao. Bye.